Welcome to another live edition of the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford here. That's Kelvin Rozier. And I'm sure at some point we're going to see the third member of the crew, Kofi Hemingway. Uh, We promise there's no homecoming hangovers on this show. And look at that. Speaking of of angels, there he is, popping in right on time. Kofi Hemingway, third member of the group, uh, fresh off a fabulous experience, greatest homecoming in the universe, without a doubt, the best experience in the world, uh, no matter what they, those other folks are doing in Greensboro and other places. Kelvin, how you doing, man? Have you, have you fully recovered? Are you, did you catch up on enough sleep? Uh, how you feeling today? Do you ever fully recover from a family homecoming? Uh, as best as I could, you know, I was actually pretty, pretty, pretty tame. Saturday was my day from dusk to dawn. Other than that, I didn't, I didn't get out there. Uh, I guess that means I'm getting old. Now I cannot attest whether or not COVID has a homecoming home hangover or not. Cause after I left them, uh, what was that Saturday morning? I didn't see them again. So I don't know. <laughs> I got plausible deniability. I can confirm I did see him. He was standing on two feet. He was grilling, doing a lot of grilling. I didn't see him after that. So, uh, Kofi, let the, let the people know <laughs> how was your day. Uh, how was your homecoming, man? How how you doing? Homecoming was simply amazing, you know. Uh, it's, I've, you know, it's a sea of people. It's literally like family has its own essence fest. Um come yes. homecoming, especially like on Saturday. It is so much going on. Um, it's literally so much. And, you know, I, I literally had this. Let me just share this with you. I literally had this. It's so many people. It's like if we literally had the screen set up the right way with those video boards, we could make like a Times Square uh, or a Rattler Square somewhere on campus where I think that that would be this crazy. You know, we could literally do that with the sea of people, you know, and uh, do some kind of drop the apple or drop the snake or drop the orange or drop something. Well, sorry. Don't want to drop too much in homecoming. People take that the wrong way. Uh, There's some drops. There's some drops. Pull it all the way. Pull it all the way. Pull it. Pull it. Pull it. Hey, uh, that's a great idea. Look, man, like you said, yeah, there, there were some, as you go around and you see everything happening on campus. Every year, and, s- you know, this is in spite of the fact that, you know, there's a lot of controversy over the, the Lato or Lotto or whatever. Her name. Yeah, the, the 
artist. I don't even know the artist. I mean, if that was the controversy, yeah. I mean, right. gee, I mean, I, I guess that I didn't even understand that whole thing to be honest with you, but I, I guess I'll leave that to the young folk, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and the homecoming concert. But yeah, I, I think what I was going to say, Kelvin, is there's so many things going around. Kobe just mentioned the screens. Like, I guess that was something new they put up over at the Will Packer Amphitheater. But imagine, I don't even know if they showed the game on the screens, but like you said, I know that's one of the things we talked about in the back rooms with, um, with, with Marcus is just what they could have done is sort of creating that that fan experience that is just different than actually going into the into the stadium for those people who didn't go into the stadium. So, yeah, there, there was. It's. I loved what they did with the track. I thought that that was just yeah. absolutely amazing. I thought that that was perfect. People had opportunity to go. I don't know what uh, was that the strike zone. Um, but whatever they had going on, they tried. Yeah, yeah, they had day parties and stuff. It was so cool, man. I I really enjoyed that, you know, just watching it from afar, um, the vibe and seeing the sea of people. And my favorite thing to do as I'm sitting in the stadium is to always watch what happens on Perry Street throughout the duration of the game. Um, and that really tells me how many people are really, really, really uh, around during that particular time. You know, just seeing the seas, the thousands of people that are on Perry Street alone. And then you look around the parking lot and you see all the people that are tailgating. Then you look up on behind the east side and you see all the people doing the little concert and all the people that's on Wanish Way. And you can't see all the way down to Osceola, but that's packed. You know, just that whole area right there is just absolutely, you know, uh, amazing under family stuff, man. So I had a good homecoming. It was cool. Nice. Yeah, there, there's so many parts to homecoming. I think that you can't experience it all. You you, you mentioned the thing on the track, the day party. Um, you know, shout out to uh, my freshman class, 1992. I know they did something out there. I think there were some other classes. I think 02, 07. Uh, I guess anybody who was kind of in, I mean, in your 30s, 20 year, 25, 15, might even been some 10s in there. Um, but yeah, everybody took a, took a took a great opportunity to gather and, and do some stuff. And it's a whole adult can. Disney World, bro. Yeah, well said. It's well like said. Vegas. I mean, it, Hey, look, the parade even, I, I, I mean, there's so many things that I, you know, I, I, you take for granted and I, I guess I should not do that anymore. You know, I'll be honest, I'm confessing right here. So many things I've taken for granted over 30 years, um, things that maybe you did when you were young that, uh, you regret or things that you missed on. And then now that as an adult, things that you, you, you should kind of go and experience at least once every few years. And I, I just realized, I, I think I had to take a, at least a half a week. I feel like I need to get up to Tallahassee probably on a Wednesday and, and just kind of make make plans to be there like Wednesday through Monday, you know, and, and maybe that's probably the way. To, I know everybody can't do that. They're, you know, I'm so used to coming in on a weekend for 48 hours and then getting out. But I, I think if you can get in 
uh, on a Wednesday or a Thursday and spend four days, that's what you got to do. That's how you experience FAMU homecoming right. Yeah. Right, Kelvin? I think that's a... Uh, absolutely, man. And um, uh, can you remember some of the faces and names? I know it was good to see uh, Dr. Lori. And um, yes. they, were, they were doing... Uh, they were doing God's work for the university, her and Kofi and others. Uh, and I, I'm sure um, they'll talk about that later. And then um, there were a Chavis, couple of Dr. couples Chavis that there. came up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there was a couple of couples that came up. Uh, what, 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 what was his name? Buck? Nickname was Buck, wasn't it? One of them? I, look, you know, I was going to wait until after the break before we talked about that <laughs> and figured out what we were called. Before you know, you know, I try to be a man of my word. So, you know, everybody who came up and uh, took pictures and, and so forth. We we appreciate you supporting us and watching the show. Definitely, definitely. Uh we we will be pl- you look, know, we just have to flat out plan to be able to do something real like a meet up, a meet and greet, uh, a kind of a day party or something next year. I don't know which day we do it, but it's just we just going to have to start planning it now so that it can happen that that's probably just that's just right out the bat all right so hey let's get into today's show loaded show today is southern week the best rivalry in black college football without a doubt i don't care what else you say i don't care what else is out there this is the best rivalry in black college football famu southern um you know so it's southern week a lot's on the line uh we'll talk about that here in, in just a second, um, let me remind everybody, folks watching us on Facebook and YouTube, we appreciate you. If you go ahead and hit that thumbs up button on whichever platform you're watching us. If you're watching us on Twitter, go ahead and jump over into the chat room on YouTube.com slash MyJBN1. Or you can simply go to the Facebook page at ONG Strike Zone on Facebook. Uh, hit that thumbs up button. If you would, let us know. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, go download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app, MyJBN, MyBCSN. That's what you search for on the Google Play and Apple App Store. Uh, obviously, real quick, question of the day. Okay. Uh, obviously, there's a $1.2 billion Powerball lottery happening tonight. So, I don't know if you guys have gone already out and you know, to take that little $2 that you might have bought a soda or a bag of chips and bought a quick pick. If that's not your thing, give that $2 to somebody else and tell them to play it on your behalf. But the question of the day, I go to Kelvin and Kofi, and then I'll put it out there as you'll see it scrolling on the uh, bottom of the screen there. If you hit the $1.2 billion Powerball lottery, how much would you give to FAMU Athletics? That's the How much is the Powerball? $1.2 billion, with a B. $1.2 billion. Now, you got to assume 40% of that's going to go to taxes, so you're probably walking away with maybe $700 million, something like that. Calvin, what about you? I, now, hey, we can save it to the, to the segment. If that's a loaded question, you want to take some time to think about it, we can we can answer the question at the top of the second uh, second segment, unless you got an idea that you want to throw out right now. Oh, I I, I I've, I've thought about this a, a lot. Uh, the only thing I would say is this: 
TBD to be determined. It depends if they want my money or not. What's what's the TBD it comes, based on? It comes, it comes with some stipulations. Okay, just give me one. Give me one good stipulation because I bet you got about a dozen of them. But what's one good stipulation? I choose what I want to give my money to. I don't need no counter offer. Uh, and, and I'm going to get professionals to put their, the whole package together. All they got to do is accept the package. Okay. Kofi, interesting. Kofi, what about you? Well, with that kind of money, I would do at least at least 50 mil. At least 50. Um, possibly 100 if I'm feeling real good. Um, but like Kelvin, I would want this money to go be earmarked specifically for different things. Um, yeah. You know, uh, what's needed, you know, one would be for the now, the now needs. The other ones would be for future, you know, in regards to facility, facilities, as well as staffing the, the, the athletic department correctly. And then setting up, uh, I want to say, a trust fund so that the money that's in there can earn on top of what's, what's there. Even when we're not doing stuff, it's earning, it's earning additional money. So mm -hmm. I would like to see that happen, you know, so that, you know, we're not robbing Peter to pay Paul, you know, but I believe that something like that is going to happen um, sooner than later. And, oh, yeah, we're in a season right now where uh, there's a lot of opportunity for HBCUs. Um, I'm, I'm just of the belief that you're one person away from your miracle, which is why it's necessary to treat everybody right. You never know. <laughs> you never know Amen. who has the Preach. power, who has the power to bless you. Um, so, or who, you know, or I believe that we're in a season right now. What'd you say? Whatever, I what'd said, say? or who comes in the power. You treat people right, though, and you establish those relationships regardless of what status they have because you don't know status has changed, you know? They yep. change. They change very quickly. You in one season, you be at the next. You know, treat people right. Um, hey, you know, yeah, and that, uh, that's why I threw that out there. Yeah, treat people right, man. You never know. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, fam, you can definitely get it. I just want to see us prosper. But I was like I was saying, I believe that we're in a season right now where we need to capitalize and seize every single opportunity that's presented to us. Um, you know, as long as it doesn't bring harm to the university or the brand, you know, there are going to be tremendous opportunities that are going to be available to us. And we need to be able, be in position to receive uh, or to even um, take part in those opportunities. Well said. So uh, we'll, we'll get to some of the, uh, some great responses that I'm seeing there on uh, YouTube. I'll check and see what's coming in from Facebook as well. But again, I uh, want to encourage you guys to drop your thoughts on there. Uh, have a little fun with it today. $1.2 billion Powerball lottery. What would you give to FAMU Athletics? And some great ideas about how you would give it too. All right, let's get into talking about 
the, uh, the, the recap uh, of the first segment we like to do in our show. We'll recap the past weekend. We got two big events to kind of recap. Of course, we got the football team's win over UAPB. And then, of course, our volleyball team with a big sweep over the weekend. Uh, as it relates to the football team, of course, 27 to 6 was the final score. 14 consecutive wins in Bragg Memorial Stadium. Uh, I, I threw this out there before, just trying to see if anybody thought of the previous long streak. Like, you know, what what was the longest streak in the Joe era? I mean, uh, I you know, I don't know. I, I haven't looked at the record, but I keep saying I'm going to go look at the record books and just kind of take that for perspective. But just a thought out there, anybody – has the time to do that. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, as far as the offense was concerned, uh, running the ball was key. Great job by Gerald Thomas from the Tallahassee Democrat. Hit so many talking points in his pregame article about what FAMU uh, needed to do. And uh, I was in the press box with him, and uh, he, he was pretty much on point and practically got the score correct, too. Uh, fam, you needed to run the ball. That's what we did. 201 yards rushing in total. A.J. Davis with 108 on 18 carries. And I believe he was the newcomer of the week in the swag, was he not? Yes. Yes. Yeah, new co- newcomer of the week. And then, of course, had, uh, the X-Man, Zay Smith, Xavier Smith, with uh, his fourth consecutive game with a touchdown in Bragg as he and Musa connected. 16 yards for a touchdown score on a beautiful run, a beautiful route, beautiful pass. And uh, Smith finished with nine catches, 94 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, that was probably the highlights defense, offensively. Defensively, dark cloud defense, dominating performance, uh, holding UAPB to six. Technically, shut out UAPB, correct? Because their six points yes. came on an interception. So technically, it was a defense, uh, a defensive shutout. Uh, let's see, let's see the Rattlers uh, held UAPB to 20 rushing yards, 193 total, three sacks. Uh, Isaiah had two of them. Kendall Bowler had his second interception of the season, and uh, there we go. Uh, so let's go, let's go around the horns. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from the game, Kelvin, and any concerns coming out of it? The biggest takeaway is the defense. I think uh, the Dark Cloud defense, um, the last four games, have uh, kind of, go- believe it or not, gone under the radar. They are really playing superior ball. Uh, they held UAPB on the 200 yards total offense for the game. They completely dominated, so much so that we almost doubled the time of possession. Our offense had the ball almost double, you know, a good two-thirds of the time. Um, We had 500 yards of offense right at the two yards short of 500 yards of offense. We were over 50% from uh, on third downs. We only had eight penalties for 63 yards. You put all those things together and and, – you know, you the score probably should have been forty nine zero, something around. We should we should have hit the forty point mark. But of course, you asked about concerns, turnovers. We had two really uh, 
hurtful turnovers no. uh, late. We, we, we got off to a good start. Uh, first half was pretty, you know, first quarter was a little slow, but, but you know, um, we had a strong second quarter, put up 21 points. And um, then the second half, defense maintained their consistency. Offensively, you know, uh, run game still okay. We moved the ball some, but the turnovers. And so, um, of course, that translates to, you know, when we play this week, Southern. They're a very skilled team. They're dangerous. Um, they, they lost paying a chance at being a competitive not game in the first two drives. I mean, they hit the ball to the red zone twice, the first two drives. And they came out with zero points. And then and against a team like Jackson State with their defense, which is elite. They have elite defense. Uh, if you if you don't put up touchdowns, you're not gonna beat them. Period. Nobody. So uh, after that, you know they kind of righted the ship and got some points on the board, and it was a done deal. So we'll, we'll see uh see how it plays out this Saturday. I expect it to be a typical Southern family game. It always seems to be close games. Um, particularly when we win, um, and um, we've had the best of Southern over the last probably what games. We probably won about seven of them. So um, this is a this is a big game. This this is our playoff game. We've been playoff mode anyway, for, but this one right here will will really because we're almost ranked now. I think we two two spots out of uh. The, the 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 rankings nationally. Twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. So so you know it's it's a lot online, but in terms of Pine Bluff, it was a game that we expected. We it wasn't supposed to be close. It wasn't really close. Uh, but we still haven't done done those four. We haven't played a complete game four quarters on all with all three phases yet. Kofi, what's uh what's your big takeaway from the game? Any concerns? Uh, defense, turnovers, and just untimely play calls. Um, you know, I, I'm all for trickery when it works. When it doesn't work or you turn the ball over, then it's looking like, why are you doing that? Um, especially when you're, you have something that's working. The run game was really, really working well. There was no need to do a reverse pass from somebody that hadn't thrown a pass in their entire career. You know, and I know it's last homecoming trying to, you know, boost up and, you know, get give the guy additional looks, but it's really about doing what makes sense. Get take do what the defense or take what the defense is giving you. They're giving you the running game. Let's stick with the running game. Let's continue to pound the rock. Let's wear the defense down until we get them all the way down to where they can't take it no more. Till they break. Break their freaking will. Um, that's really what Musa um, Musa needs. Um Southern's defense is legit, and he's going to have to play well if we're going to have an opportunity to win this game. 
this was probably our closest game that where we played a complete game. I mean, obviously we had the interception. I didn't like it. I, the, the turnovers is what, what, what rubbed me the wrong way in terms of completion because knowing that this was a team, um, I know that they're not 59-3 bad, you know, like when Southern beat them, but at the same time, um, we should have scored 40 points. And when you're not doing that, that means, you know, just something in that, in our system, something in our flow is, is off. So it's, I um, I think we had three, we had three uncharacter. Well, I I don't know if they're all uncharacteristic, but just three bad plays. I mean, obviously Xavier's throw. I just thought the play play did not work. Right. It didn't work previously. It was the second time they tried to run it. I don't think they should have ran that, you know, that, so that that's play calling. That one was play calling. The second one was, a that was put on him. So I'm not even going to put that second one clearly all on Moose in terms of saying, oh, he read it wrong. No, he, wherever he was going, he got spun around. So I, that's just me. But I, I think in terms of as close to a complete game, that's about as close to a complete game as we have played. You know, you want to add something in there, Kofi? Yeah. That's HBCU good, is what you're saying. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Stop That's HBCU it. good. That ain't no, standard. 20, that ain't my standard. It's, 20, it's 27 That's to nothing. It, it's 27 to nothing uh, good. It's beating a team by three touchdowns good. That's what it, is. That's what it was. It's good. It's a bad we covered team. our spread, it's a bad but team. we left a lot on the I mean, it's like playing the coach. We, we covered this. We covered eighteen. The, the spread was eighteen and a half. It's like playing the Indianapolis Colts, man. Come you on, beat man. a bad Stop. team. That, that, that. <laughs> that was dirty. That wasn't even. That wasn't even necessary. All the teams out there, you can pick on Jacksonville Jaguars, Jacksonville Jaguars, Tampa Bay, all playing like poo. You got to throw shots at uh, the poor NF Indianapolis Colts. Okay, that's fine. You're a dog, man. You're a dog. That's, okay, yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, hey, here's the thing. Okay, I know I asked this question last week about, you know, FAMU's now moved up considerably as the second best team in most. Or, or like we said, maybe we have you have one tier and then FAMU being the best of the rest. And I think one of the questions that I'm I'm curious to find out is, have we seen outside of Jackson State, and I don't even think other than the Orange Blossom Classic, have we seen anybody play a game or have we had any matchup live up to the hype? I mean, and, and what I'm saying is in, in, in anticipation of FAMU Southern coming up, Think about all the games where we've kind of spotlighted and looked at and thought about. Has any game really lived up to the hype preseason and after as the game happened and then we look at it postgame? Has any game on the Division One FCS level lived up to the hype this year? No. I thought the South Carolina State game was. Yeah, go ahead. I thought the South Carolina State game was. 
But we literally should have won that game at least twenty to zip. They shouldn't have scored. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, that, we so we let them back in the game. And um I don't know, bro. This is uh What are you thinking of, Kelvin? You said you said a couple thinking of. Yeah, I thought uh, a couple of the the, the swag uh, West uh, top matchups were competitive and lit up to the hype. You got to remember, I'm a guy who said Southern and Texas Southern were the two top teams in the swag West. So, uh, you know, I'm right there. I'm right there. <laughs> yeah, right there. Um, all right, co- coming up on the other side of the break, we're going to do the uh, quick swag roundup or swag recap from the past weekend, get into talking about our volleyball team, dominating another dominating performance, uh, adding two more sweeps to the uh, to the bin, up to 24 consecutive wins now against SWAC opponents, and uh, a big contest for them coming up this weekend. So it's a big weekend in Tallahassee for football and volleyball. We got to make sure we get out and support both programs uh, with with a lot of fervor because these are big matchups. So we'll talk about that on the other side. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in two. It's like a loot machine. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Majesty is a premium health and wellness tea line focused on bringing delicious yet healthy tea blends to the community. Filled with an abundance of vitamins and antioxidants, we work to blend teas with exotic spices and fruits to produce scrumptious and wholesome beverages. So check us out at MyMajesties.com. That's M-Y-M-A-J-E-S-T-E-A-S.com. My Majesties, an Urban Passport member. Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster absorbs even more so you can feel dry and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard. 
as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. It's been difficult because I hadn't been able to see my grandchildren. An expression on someone's face when you do something nice for them. I miss all my friends in school. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccine. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Kofi here. And I want to remind everybody, you can catch all of our shows on the BCSN Pod Zone. That's where the podcast, the audio version of all of the shows that appear on the Black College Sports Network, are able to be downloaded. You can listen to them. You can just download and rate and review. If that's what you like to do, you can do that as well. Catch us on Amazon Music. So those of you who like to do the Alexa thing, just simply say, hey, Alexa, play BCSN Podzone. Bam, that right there, you're going to hear the show or shows coming up right there. So uh, please make sure you support uh, every, every, every view click is appreciated. You can even support the show. I know you're going to see the link down on the scroll. You can even hit the cash app if you'd like to drop a drop a note there, dollar sign, my JBN, my BCSN, and you can make a donation as well. Um, you'll see we got some great content. Uh, had a had a chance to have a correspondent go out and cover the uh, Men and Women's Media Day, Basketball Media Day earlier this week. Shout out to Tyreek for going and covering that for us. So we got some audio. We'll put all that together and drop that probably on our Facebook and Twitter feeds here in the next day or two. I was hoping to try to get it for this show, but it's a little late. Uh, Quick update. Our women are playing an exhibition game, their first game of the season. Last count that I had, they were going into the start of the fourth quarter against University of West Florida with a 49-48 to lead. That's happening. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter. Uh, I'm not going to make any – you know, hey, it'd be great if this game were streaming online. I, I think everything we do should be streaming online. I'm just going to say it like that. Every piece of inventory that FAMU Athletics has and puts out should be streaming. I don't care if we've got – professional broadcasters like me and other folks that we know, uh, you know, um, or whether it's student broadcasters, somebody somewhere should be streaming a, uh, an athletic event. It should be on our site, but that, you know, Rattler sports network, you know, right. Okay. So Schwack roundup, big game, college game day in Jackson, Tennessee, uh, Jackson, uh, Mississippi, not Tennessee. Uh, um, the game didn't live up to the hype. I mean, you had number one in the East versus number one in the West. Southern gets shut out for the second time. Uh, Coming up in the second hour, we're going to talk to Carlos Brown of the Carlos Brown Show. He covers Southern. He is deeply embedded, and we're going to talk to him, get the Southern perspective of things. 
And uh, second shot, what do you make, Kofi, of Southern's performance? I mean, we've seen, put it like this, we've seen Southern at their best during their three-game winning streak. We've now seen Southern at their worst twice. Who, well, who let's, let's look at this. Tallahassee this week? Let's, let's look at this as well. I mean, Jackson State is a different caliber opponent. Um, they're, they're, they're skilled. They're well-coached. Um, and athletically, they're really, really good. You know, so there's little margin for error. You know, Alcorn is not who we thought they were. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're not who we thought they were. Even though they beat McNeese, you know, great. Uh, that's good. But they're not who we thought that they were. So consequently, even Southern's win over Alcorn doesn't necessarily look as good because everybody's beating Alcorn, including Gramlet. So, yeah. you know, what? what exactly does that mean? You know, so... You know, yes, Southern is capable. Southern beat the crap out of uh, UAPB, but that's UAPB. You know, so when they have to play really quality opponents who understand the scheme and what to do, they've had some issues, you know, from an athletic standpoint and, you know, in spite of everything. Now, the Prairie View win is their best win, in my opinion. Because that one was on the road, and Prairie View had not lost. But the other thing is, Dooley had a really good understanding of the personnel that Prairie View had. You know, having coached that team for multiple years, that's an advantage to a coach to know the skill set of the people that you're going against, you know. He didn't have that going into the Jackson State game, you know, and uh, consequently, you know, Jackson State's proven. I, you know, my thing is, because thing that uh, is, what what a <laughs> we gonna I'm gonna stay on topic. 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 Um, <laughs> Thank you. All right, but you know, just really, really with with the Southern game. Um, this is going to be a real litmus test to see exactly where they are. Kelvin, uh, your, your thoughts, if you want to jump in there. Uh, I think uh, Kobe hit it right on the head. If you look at Southern wins and Southern losses, it's kind of tell the story of what Southern is, which bodes well for FAMU, frankly. Uh, they got shut out by Texas Southern. They got shut out by Jackson State. Um, you know, they, they, they beat DUL, they beat Everwaters, uh, they beat a bad UAPB team, um, a, a mediocre at best Alcorn team, and, uh, you know, and was tied with Preview at the half and just had a good second half, had one good half. That's all they've had against quality opponents, though, a good half. So, um... We, we we have to see how, how this translates. But they will be seven, eight games into the season. And so right now, what it says is that, for me, is that the uh, Swag West is 
is a step below the top teams in the Swag East. It was that way last year, and um, and we'll see it. We'll see at the end of the season, finishing up if it finished that way. But it, it was a dud. They had, like I say, they had opportunity early. Early, they didn't do anything with it, and from then on, they they never really were in the game. Good point. Uh, the other big matchup, other team in the West that I think we all have to keep our eyes on, and and we'll see this weekend is Prairie View. They they survived a shootout with Bethune, 58-48, to 48, a game that just went back and forth. I, I don't know whose defense stayed on the plane, but the offenses were legitimately scoring at will. I mean, every time I checked the update, somebody had a lead. And that's the interesting thing about the West. Bro, We were guys, we were talking about this West – the West is really, I mean, Prairie View, they're in control of their destiny this week with the win because they have the advantage that Alcorn and even Texas Southern, look, Texas Southern is sitting tied in second place, but all those other teams have Everybody. to play Jackson State. Yeah. Guess who doesn't have to play Jackson State? Prairie View. Uh, so, I mean, Prairie View gets a win. Alcorn loses to Grambling State, thirty-five to six. I I don't understand that, but it happened. Uh, Texas Southern, thirty-seven to two. Uh, you guys still feel you guys still like both of you picked Southern to come out of the West, correct? Yep. Yep. Still sticking with it, and we were and we were wrong. Um, you know, you know, it it still could happen, but you know, again. Let me just say this. Um, Southern is still a good team. Grambling also, I believe, you know, when we caught Grambling, um, they were starting to put their formula basically together. We still should have beaten them uh, thoroughly um, than what the score was, you know. Um, a lot of what they did made us look real suspect. But they've got good athletes, and they've got good coaches, and now they've got a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over, that's giving people extra possessions and opportunities to score points. And so when you get a team that's not giving away points like that, they become much more difficult to beat. Because you got to earn your points. Um, and uh, that's the mark. I think Grambling has turned the corner. And they're going to be a tough out for everybody that they face on down the schedule. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, uh, Brian. Brian, to your point, yeah. uh, with Prairie View being in the driver's seat. Now, they, gotta be, they got Alcorn Friday, and they got to they they um, win that game. But if they do win yes. that game, they end the season with Pine Bluff and um, Valley. So, you Should know, be wins. If, Should they, be. But if they if they do what they need to do this week, then then yeah, they'll be in the driver's seat. But uh, you you got a wounded Alcorn team coming in on the road uh, that that is desperate. So we, we'll see how they handle that. And how crazy is this that Alcorn? If they somehow wake themselves up and shake off whatever's been going on the last three to four weeks and get a win, they throw that whole West into chaos. I mean, it's 
it's a brand new game for everybody. Everybody has hope if Alcorn wins. Or, and that's really what will be interesting to see about Saturday. Because that game is Friday, and I think it affects our game. Because Southern's mindset changes if Alcorn wins that game, does it not? I mean, I mean, look, I mean, we understand it's a rivalry, but you got to think, guys are a little ju- more juiced up knowing that, okay, the conference, that we, we, we're back into having a shot at winning this thing now that Alcorn's done their job and they beat Prairie View. So be, pay attention to Friday night, folks. Friday night will have an interesting effect on Saturday's game, not just for uh, our game. I don't know. But I, think the I don't Texas, know about that, Brian. You don't think so? I don't, I, don't, I don't know. It just came off a tough game against Jackson State. It was up for that game, and they got they got mollywhopped. Uh, it's tough to get back, back up again, back to back like that. They, they, it was going to be tough in them anyway in Bragg, but I, you know I don't I don't know if you know whether you you know we have something to play for or not. I just think emotionally and physically it's going to be tough for them to be at their peak again. But we'll see. Okay, we'll see. Magic City Classic drew sixty seven thousand plus. Alabama State, 24, Alabama A&M, 17. Congratulations to everybody in Alabama because, look, that's a stadium where they played in Legion Field that they're asking the question now, do we take that game out of Legion Field and play it downtown at UAB Stadium, which is 42,000? You're shaking your head, Kofi, but that stadium, Legion Field, is not being used except for that one event. So it's like somebody's got to come along and figure out how to make some use out of that stadium to keep that thing there. I, I wouldn't want to get rid of it. Uh, I don't know, you know, that that's an interesting dilemma for folks in Alabama. Yeah, it's not my uh, problem. Right, so we'll get... I don't want to, yeah, it's not our problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, sure. So, yeah, I, I don't have to figure I... that one out. Um, <laughs> I know what I would like to see happen, but sure. it's not my problem. That's between them. <laughs> That's a Bama State and their problem. They'll figure it out. And wherever they do it, it's fine. But it seems crazy to have to turn away 20,000 fans unnecessarily. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, hey, I got a, a, I saw a message, a couple of messages here on YouTube before we get into volleyball. Bull is who we met, Kelvin. Bull. I, I don't remember what you said earlier at the beginning of the show. Uh, but our guy Bull is who we who we who we met. Okay, okay, all okay. Right. Just I, I I don't recall what you said, and we're just gonna keep moving. <laughs> but, there you go. I said Bull. That's, that's what I said. I said Bull. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he he and his wife. So I mean, they they listen to the show. Yeah. So that's that's what's up. Uh, hey, uh, my guy Tony said, uh, did you guys experience any problems with the cell phone coverage? Uh, I guess AT&T and Verizon. Um, I don't know. I had T-Mobile. I, I was doing okay. 5G everywhere. But, you know, did you guys experience any uh, issues? Absolutely. When you have large crowds like that, you know, those towers are get uh, um, oversaturated and, and, you know, don't have the, you know, can't, you know, get the data you need. Uh, it, it, it happens at almost all um, events that have, you know, large crowds. I know across the track they have the same issue when um when everybody gets in the same location. So uh so yes, uh cell service is what was an issue. And always how is realistic. The crowd gets that big. 
How realistic is it? AT&T is a major sponsor. I see their signage everywhere at Bragg. How realistic is it for AT&T to bring in temporary towers? Is that something that's realistic? I mean, I mean, it no, it's, it's happened before. Um, um, it, you know, it was arranged through, I think, our IT team once where they had a 10 and everything and they brought in, the, you know, temporary towers for, for a homecoming event. Um, I would like to see um, something more permanent in terms of technology um, around the stadium, but, uh, you, you know, uh, there's some costs with some of that. Uh, but, um, you know, it, like I say, it, it's a common thing, even at pro stadiums, even at power five stadiums. So, um, it's kind of what you deal with. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, four minutes, 30 seconds remaining in the fourth quarter. We got a tight ball game there in Tallahassee, uh, two to 52. Uh, our women are taking on university of West Florida, uh, that's a Division II team, but it was a team that was 19-6, and six, uh, I believe. 19-8, and eight, I think, was the record last year in, uh, you know, and so 10 and thir- – no, what did I write? I wrote the notes down there. What did I say? 19-8, and 13-6 in conference last year. So uh, a, pretty, a pretty decent West Florida team compared to a team that went 3-25 and 25 from a year ago. So, uh, you know, you got a close ball game. Hopefully the women can hold on. Let's talk about another set of Lady Rattlers. That's our volleyball team. Coming back from Baton Rouge over the weekend with a sweep in the second SWAT cluster, which featured Southern, Texas Southern, and Alcorn State. Uh, we won all of those matches, uh, 3-0, 3-1, and 3-0. So, again, add two more series sweeps to the total now, which is now at 10. So the Lady Rattlers have 10 sweeps this year, 12-0 and in conference, 15-11 overall record, um, you know, 24-game win streak. The, uh, you know, the ladies are playing real well right now. I haven't seen anybody seen the post, the SWAC honors yet. Anybody seen the SWAC honors come up yet for volleyball? They usually come out on Wednesday. No? Okay. Um, On Sunday, Sunday, 4 o'clock, they take on Alabama State. Alabama State is 15 and 13 overall, 12 and 1. Alabama State is the only team that has lost. I mean, they've lost. Their only loss is to FAMU. First game of the season, we were down two sets to nothing, rallied to win the last three to beat them 3-2. They will be charged up ready to beat us uh, and end the streak. And I feel like Alabama State is playing that role of Jackson State, where, you know, last year that was the only team that could sort of hang with us. And so I think this year it's Alabama State. So that is a 4 p.m. game in the Lawson Center on Sunday. And then on Monday at 6 o'clock, they take on Alabama A&M. That should be a win. Alabama A&M is only 6-7 in conference, 7-22 and overall. Um, anything, any thoughts there, Kofi, you want to add regarding women's volleyball before we transition? Not at all. I mean, the, the team is, you know, my, my message is the same. All of this is great. Um, I want to see us obviously continue, maintain the streak, stay on fire, um, continue to play good, solid ball, but it's all about the tournament for me. Um, we've got to continue to push so that when the tournament comes around, we'll be ready to win it. 
and be in the postseason. That's what it's all about. Tournament or bust for me. Tournament or bust. Tournament, but yeah, because only one team is going to get in. So uh, to the to the NCAA tournament. So that's it. Uh, Kelvin, anything you want to add about women's volleyball? Well, we at we at the finish line. We finished at home. This team has been rolled waters. So we got the Alabama schools this upcoming weekend. Then we got the Mississippi schools the following weekend. And then we have the SWAT yeah. tournament, Florida Classic weekend. So um, we, we, we're there. We're there. We're undefeated. We need to go into conference play undefeated. And um, I, I would tell you that mentally a lot of teams, uh, when they play, play us um, outside of Alabama State, you know, they they, they, are, they mentally are, are defeated already because, I mean, we're on a 21 games winning streak. You know, we got all these accolades. So we just have to continue to be consistent, stay hungry, stay humble. And, um, and you know, all our goals that Coach talked about, at the beginning of the season, at the middle of the season, are, are right there for us to have. But we got four home games. We need a, the students and um, all the local folks to come support the team. Well said. Yeah, we 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 need a we need a great showing for these uh, final four games. I mean, this team has been road warriors. I I think other than that one weekend series, that's all they really had at home um, in the non conference. But they have. I mean, they're 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 doing a great job. I mean, this is a championship team, championship program. We've got championship ballers. Um, we we got to support. So I'm, I'm hoping every everybody gets behind this team. I hope we get the the video coverage. Uh, I I'd love to see some play by play. You know, hey, give me a call. Somebody out there, fam, you give me a call. I come up to Tallahassee. I do some play by play on volleyball. I, whatever you know, we we gotta we gotta hype this up, man. We. We got to make sure we, we show these uh, these ladies some uh, some love. Um, all right, well, we're talking about the women's uh, schedule. I know uh, the let me see the I, I was take we got briefly uh, talking about basketball scheduling last week. Well, this upcoming weekend, actually beginning on Monday, starts the college basketball season. So our, our men are traveling out to the West Coast. We talked to Coach McCullum last week taking on uh, Oregon, toughest non-conference schedule in America. Show me somebody else who has eight power five, was it eight or nine? Maybe nine, but show me somebody else in America who has the, the level of power five teams on their schedule like us. Uh, they, they should easily be raising, I'm going to say clearly 750000 just shy of a million dollars on the road, the men are. Um, I'm just putting right. that out there. And so uh, home games were announced November 21st, Monday, November 21st against Albany State and Tuesday, December 13th against Edward Waters. Those are the two home games for the men. The Edward Waters game should be interesting. I follow that program for the last few years. That, that'll be a good that'll be a good uh, matchup on December 13th for the women. Their home games, again, begin on November 15th. That's a Tuesday against Georgia Southern, December 3rd against Sam Houston, and December 12th against Tuskegee. That, too, will also be a good game. Uh, The women have Power 5 matchups against Florida, USF, Michigan State, Mississippi State. They travel out to Cal. What will be interesting to see, guys, 
we play teams like Eastern Michigan, University of South Alabama, Jacksonville. It'll be interesting to see, are we good enough to be competitive and maybe even win those games? I, You know, who knows? I would like to think that maybe we could. So, you know, really, really, you know, the thing is, it, you know, when we played the University of Florida, it really came down to size. Um, they were just bigger, stronger uh, than where we were. And it makes a huge difference in a sport like volleyball. Um, you know, that, that height, getting it over the height, you know, trying to force a team to move um, that has that great length to cover all the zones that, currently aren't being covered in the um with the teams or with the opponents that we're having to face on a daily basis so it's just right. it, it really comes uh, down to matchup but you know let's let's win the powerball so we can elevate all of our athletic teams yeah yeah definitely definitely 1.2 billion dollars that's the question of the day folks if you hit that 1.2 billion dollar powerball lottery tonight how much would you give to FAMU Athletics? I, I, I am I am co-signed on saying I will be giving ten percent to my favorite universities. Ain't but two of them. One of them will be getting seventy-five percent of that. And I don't know if I want to have a name on a building. That's not me, to be honest with you. That's honestly not me. I, I got a, I got a, I got a friend that I would I would rather put his name on a building than mine. Uh, cause I know he loved FAMU football. I, you know what I'm talking about, Kel. I would put his name on a building yeah, over me. I, I, I swear, I honestly would, just so I could always see his name on that building. Um, but yeah, there'd be a lot of facilities around FAMU athletics. Uh, if I hit, so I'm just just letting folks know. All right, we're talking Southern on the other side of this break with Carlos Brown, the one and only. He covers Southern University like none other. Uh, He is the host of the Carlos Brown Show, which airs every Saturday at noon Eastern right here on the Black College Sports Network. We get into chopping it up with Carlos, FAMU Southern, the greatest rivalry in black college football. We're talking about it next on the other side. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. The Sweet and Smoky Salmon Rub infuses smoked black pepper with dehydrated maple syrup, pink Himalayan salt, ginger, thyme, mustard, and more to make a sweet, savory rub. Perfect for salmon, trout, and other delicate seafood. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay.
Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yes. Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment. Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin uh, Rozier, Kofi Hemingway. It's a pleasure to be joined by Mr. Carlos Brown, the host of The Carlos Brown Show, which airs right here on the Black College Sports Network every Saturday, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Carlos, how are you doing, my friend? Good evening, gentlemen. I, I, I'm doing well. Look, <laughs> I, I, I'm still recovering from uh, last weekend. I, I, I'm not a spring chicken anymore in my 20s, but um, boy, uh, electric atmosphere. Southern came came out on the short end of the stick, to say the least. So, hey, but still, you can't beat you know ESPN game day and 
this rivalry is so intense. I'm telling you, it's a healthy, healthy dislike because at the end of the day, we all support HBCU. So it's the HBCU family. But boy, Southern and Jackson State fan base, and I'll throw FAMU in there as well. Arrogant, cocky, and confidence. Not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. <laughs> Agreed. Well said, well said. Hey, look, it, it's interesting for both of these teams because here FAMU uh, players and the fan base is coming off a of homecoming. Southern players and fan base is coming off of Jackson State, and now both teams are coming into this. And it's like, yeah, we, we might be tired, but it's like we got to suck it up and find the juice for this contest. Uh, before we talk about this, let me ask them. I, I got to bring up the, the Jackson State game um I, what do what do you make of southern i mean we've seen i thought southern was playing their best ball coming into this jackson state game and you know they had lost they had lost what they, they got shut out by texas southern which totally shocked everybody now this happened i know it's a different caliber jackson state is a different animal so to speak no pun intended but uh, what do you take of Tiger, Tiger. what you saw on Saturday? <laughs> well, I, I would I would categorize this as as in the Texas Southern uh, football game missed opportunities, but specifically Saturday missed opportunities. Here's why: I was there. Jackson State went for what a fourth and one at their own maybe twenty nine yard line. Mm-hmm. Southern stopped them. Yeah. Then it was another time they, they went for a fourth down. Southern stopped them. But they could not capitalize on a short field. Now, possibilities are 14 points, the most, minimal, mm, three. In between both of those points, two field goals, one was blocked, one was missed. So that those were the opportunities. Defensively, and you can look at the stats for those who, you know, believe in those stats. In the second quarter, it was 0-0. Southern defense played well. The offense was missing in action. And guess who's the offensive coordinator? Eric Doolin, who's also the head coach, um, didn't understand some of the play calling. Look, you can't take anything away from Jackson State's defense. They right. are really, really good. They believe in bringing uh, eight men in the box and bring bring one more person than you can block. And for the yeah. life of me, I don't understand how Southern was still trying to go deep. You didn't have right. time. Yeah. What about your backs yeah. coming out? Slants, curlings. But anyway, 35-0. I'm not, I'm not shocked that Southern lost, but I'm, I was shocked by – 35 points. And, and I know you guys may disagree. I don't think Jackson State is 35 points better than Southern. But the school board said 35 to 0. Well, you know, let me say this. And I, I do agree with you. Um, You know, uh, but many times having, you know, I'm a Miami Dolphins fan and we're in the same division as the Patriots. So <laughs> the... <laughs> The first game when we were, I think, the tank for two a year, we didn't have anybody 
Uh, we were just getting started. This was Flores' first game. He's playing against Bill Belichick. Um, we lose that game after trading everybody away by thousands. It felt like thousands of points, you know. And we come back at the end of the freaking year with New England having a playoff game on the line in New England or home field advantage on the line, and the Dolphins come out and beat them, you know. And it's like this is the same no-name no team that found a way to compete, not only compete, but beat Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and prevent them from having home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And then that next round, the Titans come in and beat them. My point is the coaching in the SWAT has to go to a different dimension and level because obviously the Jackson State team is seeing something that our coaches and the other coaches in the SWAC are not seeing. And it's not necessarily that much of a differentiate uh, a differential in talent, but it does have something to do with how you get your players to play and where you place them and how you play them. And uh, all of that matters, man. Hmm. Well, you know who's the most valuable coach on Jackson State staff to me? And he, he's put together, Coach Sanders, a great staff. The defensive coordinator. Outstanding. Yeah. He has the philosophy, and I'm telling you, they have played very well. If coulda, woulda, shoulda, if, if if Southern would have scored, say, a touchdown and a field goal, 10 points, does it dramatically change the, the, the complexity of the Outcome. game? Yeah. But you, you never know. I just – just disappointing from an offensive standpoint. And then if you look at the stats prior and to after the game, who's one and two in just about every statistic? Jackson State one, Southern two. So you guys were talking earlier about maybe the height, it didn't build up to the height. I can understand that, but I'm pointing all the fingers, all the blame to to the offense. And then, you know, special teams had a block field goal. But um, I think they'll be ready to spot the ball this upcoming Saturday because it's a lot at state still uh, with, with FAMU. And I think Brian was talking about Alcorn and Prairie View. That's a big one Friday. And again, I tried to bring the correlation with the last time Southern did not score any points. They came up big time against Prairie View and them, who, by the way, they're the only conference loss. So this thing could get real tricky. That's the word I'm using. I wanted to use another word, but uh, in the Western Division. But uh, I tell you what, you guys, I was listening. The Eastern Division, you say it's much better from bottom, top to bottom? Over the Western Division? Well, Bethune-Crumman is at the bottom, and and they they, they put 48 on Prairie View. Yeah, and that's, that's a valid point. But I'm thinking one is clear-cut. One is the best Jackson State, the best team in the conference, right? I think everybody right. would agree with that. Yes. Who, who's who's the strong number two? 
Damn, you and right it could now. be it could it could be it could be right either division. So that three and four and five, I think that's where the West may have a slight advantage. Who 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 is the the toughest number two in the West? Because I heard you saying Alcorn is uh, overrated or didn't live up to their predictions. And by the way, Brian, I think you had Alcorn number one in the predictions coming into the season. Wow. <laughs> 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 yes. So, yes. Uh, don't, I also, don't, I also don't. had FAMU winning, so yeah, I, I know, I know. Well, but 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 you know what? There is also Texas Southern. I, I I don't think they're the second best, but they're tied for for number two right now, right? With Southern, yeah. and they have the tiebreaker against Southern, right? Right. Ah, I'm sharp. You're not gonna out trick me now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it's good to have. These these discussions though they're they're great right. man. Sometimes you have to agree to disagree, but uh, yeah, that FAMU game, boy, the memories coming to Bragg Stadium, boy. So what's your I've favorite? What's your favorite FAMU Southern memory? Well, I have two. I wasn't there when the Southern won and the sprinkles were turned on. I was told about that, but I'm gonna go back <laughs> a, a little bit uh, further. Um, it was homecoming, and Southern was undefeated. I'm not sure if a family was undefeated. Ninety-three. Okay. Yeah, you're a little younger than me. You can you can remember the dates, but I know Tom Joyner was there. It was family's homecoming, and the crowd was packed around coming out the field house. I think Southern Band had to get their seats back. Just electric. And uh, final score. FAMU 33 to three, if I'm not mistaken, over Southern University. That was my first trip there. And you know, my thoughts were, this campus, this this atmosphere reminds me of Southern. You know, that was my first time there. Then the next time, Gulf Coast oh, offense, uh, Jackie Nunley, Coach Richardson came out and said, somebody's gonna get embarrassed. Somebody oh, did yeah. get embarrassed. I think it was 65-18, and I was part of right. the Southern Radio Broadcast, and and I'll just mention his name. Brian, you know me. James Verrett, who now does some uh, work for Swag Digital Network. He was the play-by-play guy. He was saying, let's rally around the, the Radio Jaguar Nation. It's not over. Yes, it was over. I think it was 28-0 <laughs> at the first quarter. So though, those yeah. are my two experiences uh, at, at Tallahassee. <laughs> but now at A.W. Mumford, I, w- I was part of a 50-48 game and a 50-49 game. And yeah. what's special about that, and then I promise to be quiet. Um, Southern had – they were working on their new press box, so they had a makeshift one out. So I'm sitting out there, and then some of uh, FAMU's grad assistants were like, if I look over there, they were close by. About five or six people went the way. And Southern called a particular play that I had seen early in the season, and I went, touchdown. And the grad assistant looked at me and was like, oh, this guy must be nuts. He's not a football coach. Southern scored on there. It was a fourth down and two, a tight formation. Tory Ingram. Scores on like a 58-yard uh, touchdown pass. Nevertheless, fam, you came back and won that game. Is Jock, where's Jockwee Nunley? I'm still looking for him. He's in Miami. I mean, oh, my goodness. Oh, 
It, 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 can, Nightmares. Let's see. Number four, Cannon Yeah. I remember him, and I, I, I can't remember. It was about several of them, and then a big quarterback. It looked like he was about 6'2". Quinn Gray. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's been some disappointments, but, uh, again, a great, great rivalry. Kelvin, what you, what you what you got? Jump in there. So I I know you was listening earlier, so I'm interested in your, your take on a couple of things that we mentioned. Um, one about Southern being able to get back up after having to get up for Jackson State, just having a gauntlet really the last three weeks in terms of, you know, what do you think their energy would be? I know they, they're excited about the game. It's a robbery, like you say, but but just that, that thought process. And then uh, the, the the other one is a little more nuanced. Um, how do you think this imbalance of the schedule has impacted Southern's team? And what I mean by that, they play VUL and Edward Waters uh, and, and, and LSU, which, you know, you kind of knew those results before they even scheduled those games. And then you had a conference games where you got two shutouts. Uh, it was beat soundly. And then you got the, the wins. So how do you think – what do you think about the team at this point in the season? Well, first of all, I, I will say they they will have energy because to his fam, you, you know, strike, strike. You don't have to say anything else. They'll be up for that game, too, depending on Friday night or even if it doesn't. If Alcorn can go in and, and, and see, this is the thing when you got to have someone to help you out, then Saturday game br- brings ab- about more importance. It's important anyway because right. if, if Southern doesn't win the West, you're still trying to play for, for, for next year. So I think their energy will be there. I think they're going to be disappointed because offensively, it's one thing if you would have given your best offensively right. and you lost, that's one thing, but to get shut out. And, and I like how you, you brought it up and, and Kofi brought it up as well. Um, but I can get on here and say, well, they were in the red zone four times. Didn't do anything against Texas Southern. They did. You get in the red zone and you don't. And, I, and by the way, I like to call it the man zone. Because that's when it gets tough. But I, but I, I think their energy is going. Their energy is going to be there. And I'm kind of looking at some of the stats. I didn't know FAMU was last in rushing. And mm-hmm. Southern, literally, go back and look at the stats. No one has held Jackson State to the yardage that they got. That happened last last Saturday. And for Jackson State, I think if you look at it, I think they put together. One long drive, Shadour scored on a 42-yard, a 46-yard run, 46-42. The, the defensive end lost containment. But just to say that they came in and ran the ball down Southern's throat, no. The lowest yardage output by Jackson State this year came last Saturday. So right. a lot at stake uh, for, for Saturdays, a ball game. So what about the schedule, uh, you know, the – the mixed results oh, I thus far. I didn't answer that one. I excuse me. I apologize. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like the Edward Waters and the Virginia Lynchburgs on on the schedule, um, but it's an opportunity for Southern to play uh, a, a lot of extra players, second team, third team. And Coach Dooley talked 
talked about it. He made a mistake not playing um, against Florida Memorial, uh, playing um, Bashawn McCray in that game. But, I, I mean, it, it, you can't judge the team off of though, – though, they got to play who's put on – the schedule, and the that schedule. was important by the director of athletics, Roman Banks, there. Hopefully it will be better uh, this upcoming season. But um, you guys were talking earlier, Prairie View probably is their best win, if you can if you can put it that way. And, and then you score 17 points against LSU, albeit a pick six, a field goal. So they're able to move the ball. That's why it's so disappointing that, you know, they didn't score any points against Jackson State. So let me ask you this. Is Jackson State defense better than LSU? Of course not. But they're really good. They're really good. Hey, um, I've seen a couple people talking about, and this is on the message boards uh, or on a YouTube chat, about whether this is a rivalry for FAMU. Uh I feel like this is one of our top three. Do you, I don't know whether, you know, we'll, we can, you know, I feel like this besides Bethune. I want to hear what Kofi has to say on that one. Yeah, I, I'm curious about that. But I think this is one of our three. And if you hmm. had to say three, for 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 Southern, uh, Carlos, uh, we understand the Grambling there. We understand Jackson State uh, probably in the top three, those two. Where does FAMU fit? For Southern, how do Southern fans view the Florida A and M game? Uh, uh, well, I mean, I'm probably the teams that have played. Let me let me just throw this out there. Overall, these teams have played. Uh, I believe the number is 61 times. 34, 26, and one is the overall record. So I mean, that 60 times is a. I mean, let's that let's not poo poo that. That's a lot of times, especially when we've never been in the conference outside of this now being the second year. We've never been conference mates. So for a th- – th- that's pretty significant. I just wanted to put that out there. Go ahead. Well, it, it, it's important to, to recognize the, the raw numbers. And it, I remember when they stopped playing for a while. And that's why I was so elated when FAMU got the invite and they accepted. Uh, Courtney Gauthier and all those involved to come in the conference because the – it's it's a long series. I just because I think because it's you know Florida, Louisiana. I'm going to say they're number three, and you just gave me an idea about a poll question. Um, I would have to say number three. I'm tempted to put them at number two, and you know as far as Southern, and I, and I speak for myself. Um, Jackson State actually would be number one. The intensity. And Grambling, and this is the part where I get in trouble. I get emails and people that's older than me saying, how dare you, Grambling? Let me... No, I, I would say Grambling's number two. Um, but I'm very tempted to put family number three. Now, maybe after Saturday, you know, because last year they came to Mumford and uh, they defeated Southern University. So, um, but one, two, three, and that are Jackson State, Grambling, and family. Right, right. Kofi, well, uh, you, you know, know if, any thoughts on that? And then go ahead, go ahead with a question or whatever. No, nah, I mean, you know, just for us, just as a rattler, I know, you know, our top three rivals, you know, it's it's Bethune, um, mm-hmm. Southern, and uh, Tennessee State. 
Um, you know, honorable mention would be South Carolina State and Jackson State. Um, but in terms of top three, in terms of we got to be there, you know, we don't like them. They talk all that noise and X, Y, Z, you know, and then when they not there, you be like, where they at? Why we ain't playing? You know, we need to play. In terms of band, I marched in the band. Um, you know, there, there were, there was no other band that got our attention quite like Southern University got our attention uh, and focus and our director's attention and focus. Everybody else was kind of like, you know, you know, you get the rah-rah, you get it, but you knew when you played Southern University that you were going to have to be at your very best. And, you know, the ideas and the different things that would flow out of that. Um, but more importantly, it's just the fellowship, you know, and, and the feeling I remember my first, um, the first time that I witnessed the game, my mom's first teaching job was at Southern University. Um, wow. and she went to Alcorn. Um, my aunt Evelyn Albert taught at, uh, Southern University for years and she taught English. So I'm very familiar with all of that. And, um, but my first real foray with Southern University interaction with Southern University fans was in 1981. We were playing them in Bragg Stadium. It was FAMU's homecoming. And, you know, the Southern University, one of the drum majors had made the trip down. The band did not come. And we ended up winning. I, th I think it was like 49-3 or something like that. But oh, the Southern God. University fans were just like, they were in it from the very beginning of the game to the very end. Oh, watch this hell play. We finna go on down here. We finna score this here <laughs> touchdown. Give me that, oh, Southern Spirit. Give me that, oh, Southern. Come on, drum major, play it. Fire it up. Lead us in a song or something. Take us on down up here. We got the score up in here. And then, you know, but they never, ever, oh, y'all lucky our band ain't here. Boy, let me tell you about the Southern <laughs> University Human Jukebox Marching Band and tell you, you know, and they had they little, they cardigans on with the big old S on it. And the Southern University drum major guy, he had a nice big white one with a big old S on it. You know, it was just like a lot of spirit, in spite of the fact that we whooped their ass. You know, so it was kind of... <laughs> you know, I was like, do y'all uh, never shut up? And I was just in fifth grade at the time. I was like, boy, these jokers never shut up. Well, it's like, they are like us. They, we are mm. we talk like that. And ain't nobody supposed to come in the brag talk. They didn't care if the score was blah, 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 you know. And at the end of the day, it was still all love. It was like, hey, let's dap up. Let's go get something to eat. Where can we get something to eat? You know, my aunt came over to the house. It's like, yeah, y'all won today. You know, X, Y, Z, the band did good. But, you know, hey, you know, we still love SU. And every time, it's, it's always the same. I was in the band in 88. It was Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on FAMU Street, uh, that was the homecoming theme. That was my freshman year. And, you know, coming into the band, we did the pregame show. Um, and going into the stands and having the Coke bottles and the chicken bones thrown at you and all that other stuff, <laughs> and going up into the stands. And uh, listen, so then FAMU goes, and we're up 31-3 at halftime. You know, and it's Ooh, on Southern's boy. homecoming. And it's like... This is like unreal. Like we are beating them on their homecoming, you know, and 
you know, to have that level of interaction that was just really, really cool. And then to come back the following, you know, just other years, every year is just something different, but you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. In the eighties, you know, football wise. Yeah. And didn't have the success like coach Pete Richardson did. And, and, and you know, and then he still kind of struggled, but, um, you said something interesting at the at the end of the day. Yep, it, it's HBC you love, and we like to uh, talk a lot of trash, like to beat each other, but you know we don't want it to, you know, go to the other extreme, and 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 that's kind of one of the things I you know I, I'm going to mention on my show Saturday, and it's pertaining to the bands, um, almost altercation, Southern and Jackson State. And Kofi, you're a band guy. When someone's coming on the field or, or off the field, the posing band, I think you got to have that little space. Space. And uh, out the way. Yeah. And and then even the PA announcer, it, it was interesting. They were, and, and I know since Coach Sanders is there, they have a lot of live uh, endorsements. And uh, the PA guy was like, Southern, just hold on for, for, for a second or two. We got to make some announcements. Well, those announcements went to about three, four, five minutes, and suddenly just start playing, and that just just whipped the crowd into a frenzy. Anyway, um, but uh, we, we we must not, we don't want any altercations, and um, you know it's it's good, you know, to, but. To, the trash talk and yeah. all of that, but let's not take it to an extreme where you have physical altercations. I agree. What do you thought you know, about the, and, the, the, the players, the SU players? Didn't I, I hadn't seen it, but I heard you know some players mm-hmm. saying some pretty uh, disparaging things uh, about Coach Prime and so forth. What's your thoughts on that? Here's my thoughts. If I was a coach, it would be an issue of public apology, and, and the player, one of the players that mentioned, did issue a, a apology. Apology via social media, but not only would he have to do that, it's just me. He would send a letter to Southern University, the coaching staff, Jackson State University, and the coaching staff, and then he, he would be suspended one game. But I'm not the coach. But it was um, it was disgusting. And, and again, I know it's rivalry week, but social media, it can hurt you or help you. And yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I couldn't tolerate that. And this is a, one of the players, he won the Buck Buchanan in the spring. That's, mm-hmm. that's the guy that you saw. And I, I got a chance, and I just got to be crystal clear about that. Um, that in no way should represent Southern University as a whole and their – and their football team. That's a couple of guys, and I don't know who filmed it, but um, that that'll probably come out, and maybe not. But uh, yeah, that's that was very. Uh, that's not a nice thing to do, not at all. And um, and it makes right. a bigger picture. Social media. Be careful what you send out. Once you send it, and even if you delete it, if someone clicks it, a photo of it, it's on there. But uh, that that was not cool at all, and that's how I would handle it. But again, I'm not the coach. Right. Okay. I don't want to. I hate. I hate to pile on. I, I I would say this, Carlos, and the one thing that it'll be interesting to see for Southern 
fan base. And I, I what I like about you is <clears throat> is you keep it you keep it straight. Um, I've seen two instances where I'm just watching from the outside, and I've seen how coaches handle things, incidents mm-hmm. regarding players, and it's been real background. Like I'm sort of washing my hands. I'm not really stepping out front on accountability uh, road. And that it'll be interesting to see if a you know you mentioned the thing happening, but if it you know I'd hate to, God forbid a third incident happens or let's just say another bad loss. You know what I'm saying? How will the fan base react to Coach Dooley? I think the honeymoon is is slowly wearing off, and I think people are looking past some of these instances and transgressions and the lack of accountability from the coaching staff. Uh, so it, I, I'm just curious to see what will transpire. Now, look, I think winning is a, is a great deodorant. If Southern were to somehow win, make it to the SWAG championship game, and, hey, pull off the upset of Jackson State, hey, I mean, you know, God God help y'all. You know, I mean, it's like who knows what will happen. But it, it, I'd just be interested to see how fan base will react uh, if things don't go well or to continue to go in the direction uh, that they've gone. So uh, that I just mm-hmm. – I, I felt like I just had to – put that out there but um let me ask carlos as we get ready to wrap up the segment give you a chance to kind of explain and let us know how do you think southern will win this game i mean we'll give you the floor you know mm-hmm. you know us when it comes down to picking we all know we picking fam you to win but we want to hear what do you think southern will have to do to have success against fam you this weekend well Kind of looking at the stats, it, it seems like, and you feel free, it's your show to correct me or disagree. You can. I'm looking at family. I was just shocked at their last in rushing the football. Uh, even Jackson State, not last week, they have improved their running game, but they're, they're mostly passing. So right. for Southern, I think defensively, they got to continue to put forth the effort that they did last week. I'm telling you guys, was – the way the defense played wasn't in indicative of that score. And offensively, though, here's the key. I think uh, Bashawn McCray and Coach Dooley, they've got to bring their A game. Because I'm, I'm looking at the stats, fam, you, you know, they're behind Southern defensively, but, but, but kind of throw that out. Fam, you is going to look at what Jackson State was able to do, and I, I think they're going to try to use – some of the things that Jackson State uh, uh, did. Now, are they capable of doing it? You guys can tell me more so. But I think it's going to be more about Southern. They've they got to get off to a good st- start and a fast start offensively, and Bashawn Cray has to play well. And I want to see, can Southern, if the pressure comes, can McCray make the adjustment? Can Coach Dooley make the adjustment of getting the backs involved coming out of the, out of the backfield? And then special teams – it it has been solid all year, except for they had a hiccup last week. Hiccup last week against Jackson State, but I think the offense, the main thing is they're going to have to get off to a good start, and they're going to have to play much better offensively against against uh, FAMU. All right, well said, Carlos. Uh, let people know the plugs. Uh, you know, we'll definitely plug it again, but let people know how they can reach you how they can find you, uh, your show, and, and all your content. Uh, first, before I do that, I, I appreciate you, Brian, 
uh, Kelvin and, and Kofi for inviting me uh, on the show. Uh, I get a chance to listen to you guys when I can continue to do the great work because you're talking not only FAMU, but HBCU uh, sports. And I, and I love the volleyball. You were talking about the volleyball. That's something I can um, do a much better job on doing the other sports. Um, the show, of course, is um, Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Uh, Saturday mornings from 11 a.m. Central Standard Time to 1 p.m., 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the show is on all social media uh, out, outlets, uh, Facebook, The Carlos Brown Show, Twitter, The Carlos Brown Show, Instagram, The Carlos Brown Show. I, I just tried to keep it simple. And of course, you can follow me on Facebook as well, um, Carlos Brown. All right. Uh, Carlos, Let's go, Carlos. always a pleasure talking to you, man. I, I love, go, like Carlos. I said, Carlos, uh, Carlos is one of the OGs in this uh, in this game. I mean, so a lot of swag knowledge. Always love talking with Carlos and chopping, uh, chopping it up. And, uh, you know, look, while we were out enjoying these games as fans, Carlos was covering them back in the day. So that, you know, that's that's why that's why we love, I love talking to Carlos. So, hey, uh, continued success. Uh, hopefully – Hopefully Southern has a good week uh, next week, and uh, you know we'll we'll uh, we'll be uh, tuned in, and I'll be I'll be checking you out Saturday. You know I will. So hey, thanks for your time tonight, Carlos. I appreciate it. And uh, look, I- I'm inviting um, either one, either one of you guys uh, to come get a FAMU perspective um, Saturday on the show, so you you guys can dis- can discuss that. But um, gotcha. Hey, whoever's available, we got you. We got you. All right, Carlos. Thank you, man. All right. Take care, guys. All right. Hey, let's take a short break, come back, and uh, get a few other notes in uh, in the books. Breaking news. FAMU women basketball got the dub. Win number one of the year. Great start for the ladies. Uh, We'll talk more about that on the other side. You're watching ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. This is Carlos Brown, letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Carlos Brown Show and Black College Sports Network. Online at www.mybcsn.net and on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. 
five-star backyards, Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pine. If it doesn't have this yellow tag, you don't want it. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. <laughs> It's like a loot machine. All around town, trying to get down. G strike zone, Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi. And I uh, got to thank Carlos Brown for uh, the last uh, segment. Great conversation with him. Hey, uh, we got a lot to touch on here and a little bit of time to do it. Let me bring up the first topic I want to get to here, sort of in a uh, two-minute huddle kind of format. Uh, good friend Mike Reed uh, has been uh, has been, uh, been out front trying to raise awareness potentially, I guess, even say raise funds for the potential of FAMU, Florida A&M, putting in a bid uh, with the NCAA to host a first-round playoff game. Now, in order to do this, it would take $30,000 for the first round for a school to put in a bid. This is not a guarantee. This is to say, hey, we're interested. And I think there's a deadline coming up here of like uh, actually coming up probably next real soon, if I'm not mistaken. Next Kelvin. Friday, probably. <clears throat> yeah, for this to happen. Uh, so, you know, $30,000 anyway, we talked about this a little post game. Uh, quickly, wh- what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I love Mike's passion for wanting to do this. You know, challenges, obstacles possibility go let me hear him let's talk about it quickly so, what do you so got, when when coach when, when dr harvest was here uh it was it was no issue uh you know we plan for it every year i, I don't think I, I know it's not in our budget we don't plan for it um but you know when you have a team capable it should be in the budget athletic budget every year number one but um um it is an advantage, and and it doesn't have to be a money money loser. It actually can be slightly profitable. The NCAA does get a lot lot of the money, and I and I would like to see HBCU specifically um, try to lobby and put more clout into uh, getting their FCS counterparts to um, consider uh, renegotiating, just like they did at the uh, FBS level, re- renegotiating the whole. Uh, funding of how the FCS playoffs work, um, you know, but but it is what it is. It's an opportunity, and especially with this team uh, playing and brag, we we know what our record is. It, it gives us a legitimate shot, in my opinion, uh, of winning. So um, it, it, it's worth. Is it, we've done it before. We've hosted a, a, a playoff game before in the nineties. Um, and um, 
the way they do the first round now where the, the top teams get buys, uh, it, it's possible. So so I, I like it. I'm glad, you know, he's putting some energy behind it. And I hope that uh, that the university gets behind it. Kofi. I mean, absolutely we need to be going after this. Uh, uh, this needs to gather momentum. You know, even even from a postseason standpoint, if we had beaten Jackson State, we still probably would be hosting the SWAT championship game. So hosting a postseason game needs to be a part of the budget. And if it's not, then I find that really absurd and ridiculous. That has that has to change. Um, in addition to that, though, you know, just looking at that, because that was a question that we asked A.B. Smith at the beginning of the year um, when it came to, hey, if we get the opportunity to host the SWAC championship game, what is the seating going to be like? You know, and I think we kind of got a taste of that, you know, just really with homecoming in terms of what our own specific needs are um, into the stadium, having to turn all those people away, um, people that wanted to come into the game, people that didn't come into the game, people that are around the game. And that's at least 10,000, 10 to 12,000 people that we could have had easily into the stadium um, at this particular juncture, especially at this particular point in time. We got to find a way to monetize that and and convert those people into uh, paying money to be in the stadium. Um, you know, the north end zone in terms of moving that somewhere and utilizing that space to monetize that, I think at this point it's just absolutely necessary. But to Mike Reed's question uh, or or stance and statement in regards to hosting an NCAA playoff game, we absolutely need to be looking at trying, at least making the attempt to do it. I know one of the hurdles, and I saw someone just bring it up in the chat, is that particular weekend of the playoffs would be November 26th, which is the end of the Thanksgiving break. So potentially you're not going to have students. Potentially you won't have students there, uh, you know, or, or it's coming back at the end of the break because it is that Thanksgiving weekend. Um, that is probably something that somebody who's opposed to the idea will, will use and say, what kind of crowd will we have when a large fan base is out on Thanksgiving break or not there? So, but again, I, I just wanted to put that out there as sort of an obstacle. I, I I would love to see it happen. I know he is pushing, writing letters and, and trying to push this to board of trustees members to as many people as, uh, you know, will listen. And I, I would hope that, uh, hey, this, this can be one final great call by A.D. Mike Smith. You know, hey, you know, we, we know this is uh, potentially going out his last couple of months. Uh, here's a chance to hit a home run. Who knows? You know, I, I think it'd be great if, if we could find a way to get behind it. So um, we'll keep you guys posted and, and see if, if uh, uh, what kind of road ahead happens with this. This upcoming game is senior night in Bragg. It's going to be the last regular season home game for 18 FAMU football players. I've got that list of names coming from the athletic department. 
These are the 18 guys that are potentially that are playing their last game as we know. 18 guys. Justin Cooks, Xavier Smith, Abu Bangura, Kwame Clark, Courtney Cox, Rashawn McKay, Anthony Davis, B.J. Bowler, Jose Romo Martinez, Chris Fadul, Isaiah Land, Nadarius Fagan, Jalen McLeod, LeJean Howard, Brian Crawford, Lamar Mullins, Kyle Jackson, and Traquan Butler. So 18 names potentially looking to be honored on Saturday uh, as their final game. Some game, some names, obviously, you're very familiar with. Others, uh, you know, if you, unless you're really tied into the depth chart or a family member, you, you may not recognize the name off the bat. Um, yeah. Uh, any, any guys, any comments on that? Uh, anything you want to add or say? Really important senior class. What they've contributed to FAMU football over these last five, five, six years, man, uh, has reset, brought back the historic uh, tradition of winning. And and they, yes. they, they, they got a chance to go out, have not lost in Bragg since, what, 2019? At the beginning of this year, uh, so, twenty eighteen, um, uh, eighteen, eighteen. So, 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 so. I mean, I mean, they've they've been outstanding, and there's some real um, stalwarts, some 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 guys who played a lot of football, both our special teams, kicker and punter. Uh, you know, one of our our best receiver, our best offensive player, our best defensive player. So, um, you know. Um, those guys have put in the work, the blood, sweat, and tears, as we always say, man. And and you know they, so you you know those guys got to go out with it with with it, with a big W. But uh, um, I want to thank them uh, for you know choosing FAMU, staying committed to FAMU, and um, you know bringing that 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 tradition of winning back. Because when they got here, we were a losing program, and we we had lost. Something unprecedented at FAMU. We had multiple losing years, like four or five of them. We're losing records, and, and and up until that point, that just didn't happen at FAMU. You one losing season and get you fired. So, so thank you guys. Appreciate you. Love you. Be there to support you. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, yeah, uh, Kylan uh, had asked, did did he see? It? No, Jeremy Moose's name was not on that list. So yes, Musa Musa will be back for another year, um, yes. by by all accounts. Um, yes. Uh, so yeah, so uh, yeah, definitely those guys have done a done a great great job in, in service to uh, Florida A and M. A few All Americans in there. Um, so um, awesome work by those guys. Appreciate their appreciate their work. So hopefully you guys get there early. Uh, and be able to celebrate them. Okay, here's the rundown of SWAT games. Let's go through the rundown, fellas, while we uh, come in here to the last moments of the game. Final score again, the women, 62-58 to 58 over West Florida. Uh, it has been a long time since women's basketball has opened the season with a win. I'm talking exhibition or regular season. I went back at least eight years and had to stop because I wasn't sure how far back I was going to have to go. Uh, but let's just say that's a big start to the season. And they start on the road, I believe I saw Monday at Florida. 
Uh, I, I just saw it was Allison Posey tweet. Yeah, Monday they travel down to University of Florida. So if you're in the Gainesville area and can get over to UF to watch the uh, Lady Rattlers on Monday night, uh, please go do so. I may see. That's only a couple hours from me. I may have to wonder how I can make that happen. All right, anyway, back to uh, the contest here. Okay, SWAT games going on. We got a Thursday night game, fellas. Alabama A&M at Mississippi Valley State, Thursday night, 6.30 Central. That's 7.30 on the East on ESPNU. Valley still trying to get a win. Alabama A&M trying to recover from Magic City. Nope. Not happening, Captain. A&M. Is Valley going to go winless this year? Yep. Yep. Uh, will will uh, Vincent Dancy will Dancy still be there next year? Yes, he needs yep. to be. Okay, all right. I just I just thought I'd ask the question. Thought I'd ask it. Uh, you know, quick overreaction. Friday, big game on Friday. Friday night lights in Texas, Alcorn State at Prairie View. Man, doesn't get any bigger than that. Seven thirty Eastern, six thirty Central on ESPNU. Who do you guys like? I'm gonna say I'm a. Uh, this is an upset alert. Um, this is a real upset alert because Alcorn alert. has not looked all corny. I saw that. Oh my god! What a funny video. I like corn. Yeah. They haven't looked corny in a in a minute. So you know, I you can't go. Prairie View cannot go into this game thinking that it's a given that they're going to beat Alcorn. Um, they've got too much history, and this type of game that Alcorn will come right down there and win this game. Um, that being said, I think Prairie View is a better team. They're at home. They should win this game by seven, at least. Who you got, Kelvin? I'm going with upset, and I'm going with upset for this reason. Um, Alcorn going to run the ball. They got a good running game. Prairie View just came off a homecoming game where they had spent a lot of energy and come back from behind beating Bethune-Cookman. Uh, Alcorn, I think, is better than Bethune. So, the same thing I said with Southern, I'm going to say about Prairie View. I do believe they're a slightly better team, not significantly better. But I think it's hard to get get up back to back when you spend a lot of energy and motion in a game, and um, and um, so so I'm gonna go with Alcon with upset on that one. Oof. I uh, this is tough, man. I I almost feel like I have to pick Alcorn. It's my last shot at being did able to Alcorn, pick my pick. Did, but don't beat Alcorn already. Uh, I think that game is next weekend. Okay. Yeah, that game is next weekend. So um, I'm going to go all corn on the road. I like corn. Okay, uh, Saturday slate of games. Gramley has a chance to win two in a row. They host UAPB, 3 o'clock Eastern, 2 Central, ESPN Plus. Who you got? Gramley. They got a G-back on their helmets. They good. Put that G. They got the G-back. They've been good ever since the G. What are the again? I will say this again: worst, worst motivational tool of the season. 
that gets the Agreed. record right there. Worst motivational tool of the season. Uh, Alabama State, fresh off a win in the Magic City. They're coming to Daytona Beach. That game is on HBCU Go, uh, 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Central. Hey, shout out to Charlie Neal and uh, and our man Jay. Oh, my God. I, I had his name pulled up. Uh, who was, who was the, who was the coach? Who's the, who did the play by play or a color, uh, for HBCU go, man, I'm, I'm, I'm bad. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have started down the road without knowing his name, but anyway, shout out to the, to the, uh, HBCU go broadcast team who came and right. chopped it up with, uh, at Kelvin's tailgate post game. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was awesome. That was awesome, man. Uh, yeah. Real good, real yeah. good guys. And, uh, so if you get a chance yeah, if you get a chance to get the uh, HBCU Go broadcast crew to come chop it up with you at your tailgate, uh, you consider yourselves fortunate. But anyway, who you got, Alabama State or Bethune? Bethune's at home. Yes, they are. I'm going to go with Bethune. Ooh. I think I think right. Alabama State has I think Alabama State has a slightly better team, but that was a big emotional game to go. Um, into Alabama, uh, the Magic City coming off of that, and then you're playing a team that you don't think is necessarily as good. You know, and I know coaches is, is preaching it X Y Z. They beat them last year, but this is a different Cookman team, and I think that they're trying to get some momentum going into the Florida Classic. So, I'm I'm gonna say Cookman. Every year when people be ready to write uh, my man off and get him fired and everything, he find a way to win two in a row. And then they be like, we'll keep him around another year. <laughs> Kelvin, who you got? I'm going to Alabama State. I agree with everything Coach said, but I'm going to Alabama State for one main reason. <clears throat> and I'm going to stay true. Outside of getting up twice for a game against an opponent who's dangerous, my, my other truth to that is, who controls the line of scrimmage? Who's the most physical team? Bethune gives up too many points for me to, to pick them. I, you know, I know they'll put up points, but, but you know, everybody's seen how their best offensive output against Bethune. South Carolina State put, what, 30 or 40 on them too? Mm-hmm. So, so because I don't trust their defense and their physicality in terms of the line of scrimmage play, I'm going to go with Alabama State. Yeah, I'm I'm going Alabama State as well. In a close one, though. In a close one, close one. Yeah, I I like that. I'm going Alabama State as well. Uh, Hey, uh, Montre, real quick, I saw Montre talking about HBCU Go didn't show the whole halftime. You know, fam, you had like a 17, 20-minute halftime performance because they were the only band. I mean, look, HBCU Go probably is like thinking we'll show a 10-minute Length of time for the halftime show, they can't show the whole 17, 20. Yeah, yeah, team, team, yeah. That, you're absolutely right. For those who don't know, yeah. when, when, it's a, when it's a media TV game, you got certain blocks locked in, uh, and you, you can't go, you know, more than eight to 10 minutes without going to your breaks and stuff. So, so I will, you know, I will add, I don't know is. why, I don't know why we haven't figured this out. Halftime should be streamed on your Facebook feed. Hey, FAMU, FAMU Athletics, stream it on the uh, – just stream the halftime show. 
There's no, there, there's no reason why that halftime show cannot stream on the Facebook feed, and, and people can go watch it live wherever they are, and boom, it's there. I, I, anyway, I'm just full of ideas today. Anyway, uh, let's get back to it. Another big game before we get to Southern Fam. Jackson State traveling to Houston. 23,000 traveling to Texas. Uh, Coach Prime said nobody's going outside the hotel. All right. Uh, everybody's staying inside the hotel except to go to the game. Uh, Texas Southern, they pushed Jackson State to the limit last year. Had a lead going into the fourth quarter. A win by Texas Southern by your boy, Kelvin. Andrew, buddy. A, a, a win by your boy. I can't do it as well as your boy, uh, Kofi. Not even going to try. Uh, Texas Southern moves into the front runner seat, I think. Uh, who do you like in this oh, contest? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jackson State, Texas Southern. There, there might be more Jackson State fans there than Texas Southern fans. I do want to preface that, though. Uh, you, you know, uh, man, I want to I I say Texas Southern. So bad, <laughs> you want to. You want to. I want can't to. do it. But, but I don't be, I don't believe it. What I will say is this, and I, it's a thing that I said all night. Um, Jackson State done had a couple of weeks, everything big, you know, and so forth. And Texas Southern seems to play their best games against the best teams. And so this one is a tricky, potential tricky one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they have some pieces. If if Jack, if, if I trusted. Texas Southern defense to show up the way they did against the two big wins against Jackson, then then I think it's an opportunity to deal. But until somebody knocked them off the perch, I can't do it. I can't predict it. It's JSU. Can't baby. do it. Can't do it. Won't do it. Who you got, Kofi? By how many? <laughs> uh, Jackson State by twenty-one. Um, but I think you know, like Kelvin, you know. Uh, Texas Southern shut out Southern. Jackson State shut out Southern. Correct. Um, Andrew Body and, and Shadur trained were trained this summer by the same QB coach. The the difference is going to come down to the execution and the mistakes. Um, Texas Southern has to prove themselves in moments like this. Right. Jackson State has already done it. Texas Southern has not. And so it's because of that, I, you know, if I had to bet my life on it, I'm going to go with Jackson State. Um, but uh, Texas Southern is capable of winning this game. They've just got to, you know, maximize these moments and continue and continue to fight like the Dickens. I think that they can, they can be right there in the fourth with the opportunity, but uh, to me, I feel like Jackson State's going to have to help them out a little bit and and yep. and and give Texas Southern some opportunities that they haven't done necessarily all year. So, here's something I will say on, on that game real quick. Because of what JSU does defensively, they have to be careful. Andrew Body is the perfect quarterback for going against what JSU does. They send that pressure, they better get him. If they miss him, strike up the band. 
I'm interested to see see how that play, how that plays out. Hmm. I feel like Jackson State is like that pitcher that throws 95 to 100 consistently, best in the game. And you got to catch it's, him when he makes a mistake. It's really, to me, we are, I, I think the coaches in the SWAC have just made it too, too easy. You know, and. Yeah, but Kofi, the, the one thing about the coaches, and I, I know you brought this up earlier, the players still it's, have it's, the, it's the players coach. There's no way. Fumble. They play. Let me let you finish. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say the players are the one who sometimes put the ball on the turf, throw to the wrong guy, miss a block, miss a tackle. So, I mean, the scheme, I don't I don't doubt anything you're saying about the coaching. Jackson State has the edge coaching-wise. But at the end of the day, the players still got to play. Bro. And so if Jackson yeah. State makes a mistake or two, like they have made a mistake or two in almost every game, all Texas Southern has to do is take advantage of the opportunities when they present themselves. I'm, that's all I'm saying. Texas, okay. South Carolina State beat Jackson State last year. And they mm-hmm. beat them with the same. I know Jackson State, quote, unquote, didn't come with their A game. But to me, it was a typical Buddy Pugh <laughs> It was a typical Buddy Pew game. They got outcoached. Yes. Coach Prime and his staff got outcoached. Game. Typical Buddy Pew game. I believe that if Jackson State played A&T, that would be a tough game for, for Jackson State. I believe that if they played uh, Tennessee State again, I believe it would be a tough game. You know, uh, I just believe that offensive-wise against us, they know what we're going to freaking do. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, we're so predictable. It's like they know what we're going to do. They know where you're going to throw the ball. And when you know that, you put your people in position, there's very little margin for error, which means that you, you're either going to have to have superior players or superior coach. So there you go. All right, on to the next game. Go. All right. Um, okay. So I, I I think Jackson State by ten. That, that's it. I think Texas Southern covers. So if you're looking for points, take Texas Southern. Okay. Uh, final game, of course, Southern FAMU. That's a six o'clock kickoff. Uh, Eastern five Central. That's on ESPN3. Obviously, we're all picking FAMU. Uh, A close game. Massey says it'll be practically an even ball game within about a point. I think the point spread may be within about two, I would imagine. Uh, So let's go bowl prediction and score outcome. Bowl prediction and score. Go, Kelvin. I'm going to go with FAMU. 28. Southern 21. And uh, a bold prediction. Let's go with a special team. We win it last-minute last drive like we did it with Zay again. Are we are we trailing at, at that, or is it a tie ball game? Tie ball game. 
Tie ball game. You got VMU 28-21. Tie ball game. All right. I like that. What you got, Kofi? Um, I'm going to say the energy. I'm going to say the FAMU defense is the difference. And I'm going to say FAMU 21, Southern 10. Nice. I was 10. thinking ten too. I was thinking defense holds them to ten as well. Uh, I'll go. I'll go. Famu twenty four, twenty four ten. Famu. I want to. I got a special teams touchdown. We should have had one last week. We should have had one last week. Uh, this time, no mistakes on the return game, and we get one. Uh, Jamarie gets one this week. Uh, or better yet, I, how about Zay? Give me Zay on a punt return touchdown on senior night. How about that? Senior night, Xavier Smith, punt return touchdown, put six on the board, touchdown FAMU, 24 to 10. All right, folks, that's going to do it for tonight. Uh, we appreciate uh, Carlos Brown for coming in and joining us. Uh, again, congratulations to uh, FAMU women's basketball team getting their first win of the season. Uh, Got to be feeling good going into the, uh, the 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 Florida game on Monday to start the season. Our uh, men's basketball will be hitting the road, traveling to Oregon. So, uh, Northwest uh, Rattlers, those of you in the Pacific Northwest, make sure you get out and go support our Rattlers. I know my friend the King Gay will be out there leading the charge out there in the Portland and the Oregon area, Washington, that whole area. Get out and support. Uh, and then on Sunday, make sure you guys get to the Lawson Center Sunday, 4 o'clock, our uh, Lady Rattler volleyball team. They need you. Uh, final four home games, and uh, we need to finish the regular season unbeaten. Uh, you look like you were going to add something and jump in there with something, Kelvin, real quick. What you got? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm good. Let's go Rattlers. Good. Go Rattlers. All right. Uh, shout out to everybody on uh, YouTube. Um, the, all of you that we saw over the weekend, whether we missed you, whether we saw you, whether we forgot your name, we apologize. We love you. We thank you for watching the show. Uh, continue to beat us, to beat us down. Remind us when you see us, uh, you know, we get better and better at this every week. And thank you guys, um, for, for following us. Shout out to producer Mel for hanging in there and, uh, producing tonight. You can always find the black college sports network. On the BCSN Pod Zone, our show on the BCSN Pod Zone, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Hey Alexa, play BCSN Pod Zone. We are on Amazon Music as well as Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Everywhere, go download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app on the Google Play and Apple Store. My JBN, my BCSN. Please follow us at ONG Strike Zone, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Rattlers, be loud. Be obnoxious, be safe, be smart, be cool, though. And uh, enjoy the weekend, Southern Week, beat SU. And um, when you're out in those streets and you see a Jaguar roll up to you, just put two fingers up in the air and say, back up there, Jaguar. This Rattler, we strike, strike, and strike again. Good night. Peace out. (laughs) 